this is really interesting because one thing I will say is mental fitness is not a magic pill. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of us are looking for quick ways to get better or to feel better. You know, just taking that pill and just make everything go away. It took discipline. It really took discipline. It was a long journey. Like I'm talking about like a six, seven year, year journey. Yeah. You, you know, you use the term hack and I genuinely do believe that because a lot of the things we know about our brain is just not enough. You know, it's yeah. not enough. And actually, so, so one of the biggest hacks in my opinion is that your mind doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. Now, that is something that if you actually think about, you can manipulate your brain, you can use it to a new advantage. Mm. And so when I was in hospital and for a long time I hadn't walked or I was in extreme pain, I would show my mind a different scenario. I would show my mind that I was waking up not in pain and able to walk. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of Millennial Entrepreneur. The ambition of the podcast is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable and inspiring stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now allow us to bring on big guests and ask the questions to them that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. So thank you again for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode. Maya, welcome to the podcast. How are Hello. you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Really excited to be here finally after, I don't know, maybe a year and a bit. We've been trying to do it. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And um, we had Ian Nene on the podcast recently who spoke about mindfulness and spoke about, I guess, spirituality for young people. And that episode personally really resonated with me. I, I love that, so those sort of topics and the people listening as well loved it as well. So yeah, I thought you would be the perfect person to build on that, but more within the sort of business perspective. I guess before we jump into all of that, like where did it all start for you? Yeah, so I guess um, a little bit into what I do. So I currently run Remap, which is a mental fitness company and I'm one of the UK's leading experts in mental fitness. So for me, there's nothing more important than training the mind. You know, we all know how to go to the gym, we train our bodies, which is fab, but who actually knows how to train the mind mm. and how to use it to our advantage? Because so many of us are just suffering or getting consumed by our thoughts, our feelings. And so the mental fitness part for me is something that saved my life when I was 15. Um, so I was diagnosed with colitis when I was quite young, which is an incurable autoimmune disease. Um, and part of that was there was just a lot of pain and obviously like symptoms which were debilitating to say the least. Um, and like, you know, I was going to the loo 30, 40 times a day and it was just pure agony. Um, and it got to a point where medicine couldn't really help me anymore. Yes, it could maybe help with the pain slightly, but that was, that was it. And so I kind of had to explore different ways of dealing with the mind and body. Yeah. Um, so for me, it actually started in hospital. Um, I was just laying there and um, a nurse basically asked me to imagine a few things mm. uh, rather like not being in hospital. And that's when I started learning how to train the mind and how to change kind of our perspectives, how we frame things, yeah. but also create new patterns in our brain. 
Um, so yeah, it, it helped me with my pain. It helped me to walk again. Um, I wouldn't be sitting on this seat without it. And so when I was at uni, I made the choice to create a business for it uh, because I was like, you know, if more people can learn it, it can help anyone. It doesn't have to save their life, mm. but it, I'm sure it can help them in their everyday. Um, and it's doing that, which is amazing. So yeah, really excited. This about sounds it. this sounds like some sort of a like a like a hack where I, I've never I've never heard that before. That's sort of like you you're on the you know you're going through so much pain and suffering both mentally and physically. You made a change and you recovered from that. I guess like what were you actually doing? Yeah, I think so. I think this is really interesting because one thing I will say is mental fitness is not a magic pill. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of us are looking for quick ways to get better or to feel better. You know, just taking that pill and just make everything go away. Um, it took discipline. It really took discipline. It was a long journey. Like I'm talking about like a six, seven year year journey. Yeah. Um, but I think the, you, you know, you use the term hack and I genuinely do believe that because a lot of the things we know about our brain is just not enough. You know, it's yeah. not enough. And actually, so, so one of the biggest hacks, in my opinion, is that your mind doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is imagined. Now, that is something that if you actually think about, you can manipulate your brain, you can use it to a new advantage. Mm. And so when I was in hospital and for a long time I hadn't walked or I was in extreme pain, I would show my mind a different scenario. I would show my mind that I was waking up not in pain and able to walk. And through repetition and through so much detail, your mind starts to imagine actually, no, this is actually happening. And this isn't just me, right? Like they use visualization and this science yeah. with stroke victims. So stroke victims who have actually lost their you know, ability to move half yeah, yeah, their body yeah. or things like that, yeah. they will use this technique to basically train their mind to show them actually, no, this is possible. And that's how they you know, learn to recover. They do it with um, um, you know, like army veterans who have PTSD. They have this one idea of what happened. How can you show your mind that you can be in a different situation. So it's fascinating. Like they use it in medicine, they use it in sport. So why can't each of us use it for our lives? That sounds so profound though. It sounds, because my, my thought process is like, and I know a lot of people believe this as well. It's like the mind and the body completely separate things. Like yeah. you can have, obviously the mind has some control over the body, but if there are, if you can't walk, you can't walk, right? It doesn't have that much power over the body. What you're saying is that you couldn't walk, you, you did visualization, and all those different exercises that you just said, and you're you're you were able to walk from that. Yeah. So um, you probably know Descartes. He's obviously a very famous philosopher. He famously said, "I think, therefore I am." And our whole medical system is based on this idea that the mind and body are separate. So when you go to the doctor and you're like, "I've got a heart problem," they will only look at your heart. Mm. But we're so much more of a, a holistic whole body mm. thing than you know just a particular thing. And so one thing I, I really believe is that, um, you know, we go to school, we learn Spanish, we learn French, we learn German, but we never ever learn the language between the mind and the body. And mm. it's the most important language anyone can learn because mine is different from yours. And we have to learn it in order to know how can we work with our body? How can we be in the best mental and physical shape possible? And the cool thing is, is um, what you do in your mind directly impacts the cells in your body, the way you speak, 
the way you think, your thoughts, your actions, all of it will influence your body. Mm. And I, I don't take that lightly. Like even the words we say, and I really watch like myself talk or how I talk about other people, how I think about my own successes, whatever it might be. Yeah. It all makes a difference, all of it. And um, it's important to realize in a good and bad way. So if you are constantly saying, oh my God, I get the flu all the time, or I'm really unwell, you will stay like that. I think one of the easiest examples is, um, I'm super tired today. Mm. Everyone says it, and you probably say it like 10 times a day. And of course, your body's gonna be like, cool, she's really tired today, let's make her more tired. That's how it works. Whereas if you say, yeah, didn't have a great sleep, but feeling okay, and I'm gonna do something to get my energy back, your body will react in the same way. Your cells are so linked to your mind, so linked. And um, this might also put it in perspective. So one of the visualizations I did for the colitis specifically was a cellular one. So I would go into my colon, I would see it in in my mind, I would look at the cells and I would, because at that point I knew they were very inflamed. So I would imagine my cells very red and I would go in and I would change them to white. And this is just like visualizing in, all your, in, the in mind, your brain. All in the mind. Because remember, Same. it doesn't know the difference. Yeah. So by me seeing that my cells were changing into these white blobs that were really happy, my cells are listening. And I know this might sound a bit weird, but like, why am I standing here then? Why, why did it work? And even I was like, okay, I must be like crazy here. But there's a great um, scientist called David Hamilton. And he is a Scottish PhD Uh, like professor and um, he does an amazing job of showing how this very cellular visualization can help with things like IBS, chronic fatigue, um, MS, even you know IBD and so I knew that actually there was some serious science behind this and I work with a cancer patient at the moment where she's great she she brings in soldiers to her Mm. cells and just kills them kills them all and I'm like cool let's do it even more because if you can manipulate your brain in that way, let's do it. Yeah. What do you What do you think when people are like, oh, that like, there's a difference between like, say, wishful thinking. And yeah. That sounds like wishful thinking. It doesn't sound like it's actual concrete way to solve some sort of a, a problem that you have with your body. But what you're saying is com- the complete opposite, right? So for people who are kind of like doubting, <laughs> like, what, what do you think? What do you say to that? I think two things. Um, one this is based on neuroscience and actually it's only in the last 10 years that neuroscientists have actually seen what is possible um you know tara swa is an amazing neuroscientist and she's written a book called the source and it literally shows you in there how you can do things like this but the other thing i would say is it's not so much about what you do i think it's more about what you believe Mm. like belief has a way bigger role to play in how we live our lives than people realize. And um, those beliefs that we have, generally we're not that conscious of. So they come from, you know, when we're young, teachers, family. Mm. Um, I was ingrained with a lot of beliefs as a South Asian woman, like of what I can and can't do. Uh, Doctors as well, like my, you will always be sick. It was a belief immediately. So those beliefs are so important and we can shape them. And I think that's one of the most empowering things, which is why training the mind is like a superpower. Uh, you know, it's like the sexiest thing you can do. Mm, that's very, very true. So I guess like when it comes to training the mind, yes, you talked about the benefits, you've talked about your own story. Yeah. But I guess for people listening, like how do you practically do that? And I guess like, yeah, let's talk about that first, actually. 
Yeah, so um, you may have been aware that I use the term mental fitness yeah. rather than mental health, simply because everyone has a mental health if you've got a mind. Um, but mental fitness is where you are actively rewiring and training the brain. Now, examples would include, yes, visualization, even things like reading, listening to this podcast, for example, you are opening your mind, you're creating new pathways, mm. learning, one of the best tools to truly transforming the brain. Things like meditation, mindfulness are also great, but what I will explain is there's a very big difference between meditation and then active training. So meditation is something that can slow the mind down. It slows your thoughts and it makes it a bit clearer. Visualization, on the other hand, is a practice that actually rewires the brain. So in combination, it's amazing. Mm. But I don't think it can just stop at meditation. You have to really proactively take control so you can reshape those beliefs. So yes, quiet down the mind, learn how to silence it, but also then build on that. So learn new things, have debates with people, do the visualization. That's how you can truly change mm. it. And I, when I say this, so, um, Joe Dispenza is a, a great uh, scientist who's actually shown how the brain changes shape when we do things so like visualization. So that's neuroplasticity. Yes. Yeah. And so you see different areas of your brain light up mm. and how like, you know, after six weeks, eight weeks of doing visualization repetitively, your brain will never be the same, ever. It's always changing, it's malleable. Mm. And we just don't realize that. You know, we're told that when you get to 18, that is your mind. Absolutely not. Change mm. it and shape it. That's really interesting. But like, yeah, as you said, people go to the gym all the time, but they never really train their brains. And I guess in an age that we exist right now, especially for young people, like there's just so much stimulation. There's so much like distraction. The last thing that people want to do is, is train their mind when their mind's already been working a lot during the day. So I guess like, why should they not, why, why should they, you know, make that change? Yeah. Um, so this is something I think about a lot, because I think if I hadn't have been diagnosed, mm. I would have been exactly the same, exactly the same. Um, and a lot of young people will only wait till they are so burnt out or they are really upset or depressed or anxious before they take charge. Mm. Why is that? We are experts at suppressing our emotions from running away from our thoughts, we go to bars instead, we drink it away, we sleep it away, we work it away. Mm -hmm. You know, we're one of those hardworking generations, mm -hmm. but a lot of the time we're just escaping what's actually going on in our minds. And if I'm really honest, whilst it may seem harmless at the moment, in a few years, months, it really, really makes a difference. And when we ignore those emotions and those thoughts, they just keep coming back. But they'll come back in the form of disease, in the form of depression, more mm. anxiety. And then we ask ourselves like, well, why are we so upset? Why are we so unhappy? Yeah, that's a dangerous thing. Because you, you don't yeah. know where it's come from. Like, because it's been, it's been delayed so much. It's like, I feel the sense of sadness. I feel stressed, but I, like, why do I feel that way? Exactly. And, and we're so scared to dive into it. And I appreciate yeah. that because it's uncomfortable to feel. It's right? not easy at all. At all. But why are we so scared of our emotions or our thoughts? At the end of the day, they are just thoughts. They are just emotions. They're temporary. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we don't know how to deal with them. Um, and I think the, the interesting thing is our generation is pretty good in terms of um, speaking about it. We're very good. We've opened the conversation about mental health, about feeling certain ways. And I think that is brilliant. 
However, it cannot stop there. It's one thing to speak about it. It's another to prevent it. Mm. I actually... I actually find that now when I meet someone, before I know their name, I know they have anxiety. It's really? how, 100%. How, how? Well, because it's like, that's the first thing we think of. It's like a badge of honor. I met someone the other day and they were like, yeah, I've been burnt out seven times. I was like, is this a good thing? Is like, that all right? Yeah. That, sound, I, I just, that sounds like not all right. <laughs> exactly. I was confused. But the way it was said was like, it's a badge. And I was like, this isn't how life should be. Yeah. Like, take control of that. It I doesn't have to control you. I experienced in corporate you. as well. Sorry to interrupt no, you. No, I experienced yeah. in corporate as well when, like, people would come in and be like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so, like, oh, yeah. I'm so stressed out. And it's like, if you weren't tired or stressed out, you weren't doing your job well. And it's like, you have to have those things. Otherwise, you can you can work harder. It just didn't make sense to me. It made, like, because you're, you're working to, to, to become fulfilled in a certain area of your life, right? But if you're... If, if it's not hitting on any of those objectives, then, and you're just getting stressed and tired from the, from the back of it, and it doesn't actually give you energy, like, why are we working to that point? Yeah, and, and you raised a good point of, um, you know, no one wants to do this. Why would I want to yeah. just wake up and train my mind? Of course, I'm going to scroll TikTok instead. Yeah, yeah. I have one thing to say. You know, your mind, your mental health is half of your health. So if you're going to go for a walk, you're going to go to the gym, you're going to go to your spin class, why not do the same for your mind? Because it genuinely is half of your health, if not more important, because mm. it's the foundation to everything you do. And I, I, you know, I get people saying, yeah, but I go to the gym for my mental health. Fine. And I'm sure that helps, but you cannot neglect the actual training of it. And I think that's why through my work, I want to make it more sexy, more empowering, more exciting to actually, yeah, I'm training my mind. This is cool. For so long, it's been like meditation has been this thing you have to do on your own in silence on a mountain somewhere. And like, not everyone loves to admit, you know, that, yeah, yeah, I meditate every morning. Whereas I'm like, yeah, I meditate every morning. Like, come and join me. Mm. This should be a, a really, a thing we encourage each other to do because you feel the difference and you'll see it in your relationships and yeah. your work in, yeah. in whatever it is. I know you've already touched on this, but I want to sort of like dig a bit deeper on it. But what's the sort of, out of all the, like the young people you've come across and you, you've done a lot of work specifically for young people, what's been the biggest issue you've seen when it comes to training your mind? I think there's two things. Um, yeah, two things. One is, it is the education. Mm. Because you can't see the mind... No one really knows the effect of it. Whereas with, with the body, you see, yeah, I've got abs or I don't have abs kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with the mind, people just don't, don't realize that you are actually changing it. That, that one 10-minute visualization will, will genuinely help. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is, it's our commitment. So I heard this quote the other day that was saying that Usain Bolt uh, trained for four years to run nine seconds. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we can barely stick to something for about a month. We just can't. Mm. We're immediately like, yeah, on to the next, on to the next. And the thing is, whilst we're in a generation where actually anxiety is on the rise, depression is higher than ever, people's even purpose and motivation is, is at its lowest, but yet our commitment to trying things or actually committing to something just isn't there either. So it's like this, the proportions are just so off. And so... There's three things that needs to happen. The education side of it. And that needs to be done in an engaging, exciting way. The second is discipline. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to learn discipline again. It's such a skill that actually, like, so many of us have lost. And the third is, like, see how serious this is. 
You should not be okay just living with anxiety every single day. It is not normal. Mm. I got so used to it that I was like, this is just life. Being in bed, being in hospital, it's life. No way. Why should it be? Why should we go out that easy? Mm. Take control of your life. But so many of us let others take control of our lives and we live it for others. No way. Yeah, we think we think that that level of anxiety or sadness is kind of like the baseline. It's like, that's just how you know we were born or that's just like how I am as a person. Yeah. But you're completely right. Like it's, it's so strongly in your hands. And I, I've, I've definitely come across that myself in moments of, of doubt, anxiety, sadness, like, yes, you can go to, to therapy, but therapy is a way of, for them to sort of give you the tools to help yourself, right? It's not, they're not helping you, but they're, they're giving you the tools to help yourself. It's all about you. Like you, yeah, as you said, it's the motivation, the education, but again, that's, that's very much down to you as an individual. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> when I, so when I coach, the first thing I will say to someone it's your responsibility. Mm. And most people hate it. They hate it because they're like, how rude. Like, it's not my fault. It's my mum's or it's my boyfriend's or it's my, my boss's. I'm like, it's not. It's you. That's the one bad thing about our generation too, I would say. It's like lack of responsibility. Yeah, we blame others. And yeah. I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean it in the way that the only thing you can control is your thoughts, your feelings and your actions. I cannot control yours, I can't control my bosses. And that's when I mean it's responsibility. And do you know what? I think it's a very um, positive thing that it is in our hands mm. because then actually we have a better chance to overcome it. Mm. You know, for so long I was also like, oh my gosh, like this is just life. You know, I'm a victim of what the universe is giving me. But then I was like, no Maya, like take control. If the doctor's gonna say one thing, but what can you do that is in your control and that's what changed the game for me. That is the thing for you specifically though. It's, it's been such a, like, cause you were, you were 15 when you started this yeah. and you were like in the depths of a lot of like, uh, I guess, pain and suffering. But like, you're, you're not that much older than 15 now. So this has like been a very short amount of time that you've gone to, to, from that point to this point. Yeah, uh, feels like a lifetime, I can't <laughs> lie. But yeah, like I'm still only, what, 25 now. Yeah. Um, so I've been practicing for over 10 years. Uh, obviously it's changed. Like I started doing two minutes, then five minutes, and now I do, you know, an hour and a half a day because I love it. Um, but this is where the thing is, the journey never, ever stops. Mm. Because life is always going to throw curveballs, or it may not be in health, it might be in work, it might be in relationships. And so every day to me, I'm like, how can I get more agile? How can I be more prepared? How can I keep training myself so yeah. that when life does hit me with things, whether it's me, my friends, whatever, I can show up in the best way I can. And don't get me wrong, like I have days I don't feel great. Yeah, I get down, but cool like it's human i'm not going to run away from that if i need to cry i will cry yeah i think i think how health has changed though like so it's gone from like very reactive health like i'm talking about physical health not mental health here yes. but it's gone from gone from reactive to now more preventative but i haven't seen that shift in the mental side as much it's still very much like when you're in the depths of it go to therapy or take take some some medication but I've not really come across many people that are pra like consistently practicing mindfulness and mi mindful training, so that they, they kind of can make like bulletproof minds. Like they don't, they can kind of like go through the same experiences and perceive things in a different way. Like let it experience like experience things in a way where it doesn't if impact them as as much emotionally. So that's what I've not really seen. Yeah. So. Um... 
I was actually pitching this to an investor like last week and he asked a question of like, oh yeah, I think mental health is just like, you know, it's just a thing. And I was like, it's not. Mental health or mental fitness is where physical fitness was in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have just started. The conversation has just started. Um, and so, yes, at the moment it is quite reactive and you see like a lot of mental health first aiders or it's like, you know, yeah, take sick days off work. But actually now we're slowly, there's only a few of us actually doing this more proactive thing to be like, this is cool. Like you can actually, yeah, change how you react to things, change how you perceive things. And it's not that those events don't happen in your yeah, life, yeah. but it's just that your capability and your response system completely changes. Mm. And I see it in my everyday life. Yes, you still react to a few things. You can still get, you know, that all comes out, you get triggered, but you have such more of an awareness yeah. of what you need to do or how you can actually help or how you can show up in a different way. But I think this is urgent. I think mm. this is the pandemic we all need to be very serious about because it's killing people. Mm. My colitis, for example, was not caused because of genes or stuff like that. My colitis was caused because I did not know how to deal with my emotions. 90% of why I was really? in that. Yeah, 100%. Well, 90%. Seriously. Yes, I know some of it was physical, but the emotions behind it was the reason I, I got it in the first place. But no one tells you that. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask, ask like a two-part question here. Firstly, yeah. so when people practice mindfulness and, and mindful trade, like fitness training, yeah. what should they be expecting um, in terms of results. So you, you touched on it there. So it's like when, when events happen to you in your life, you don't react in the same way than you would before. You don't sort of like take it emotionally. It doesn't burden you when you go throughout your day. Um, yeah, I guess like what should they be expecting? The answer I'm going to give you is based on what I've observed in my own work. So mm -hmm. through the coaching, through the cohorts, through my events, all of that. If you, if, let's say if you started today, right? You started visualizing every day, 10 minutes. In two weeks, you will feel it. You will feel it in your general mood. You will feel it in um, as you wake up, things like that. Mm -hmm. In four weeks, you will see it. You will see it in the way you react to things. You will see it in generally, literally like your face, your body, things mm -hmm. like that. In eight weeks, it will be part of you. It will be part of your identity where now, let's say your mom says something to you, the way you react will be different, not because you are consciously doing it, but because it's just part of your identity. It's hardwired, it's literally hardwired in your exactly. brain. Exactly, yeah. so on a very like, if we take the, you know, a computer kind of idea, yeah, you've got a hardware and software, you are completely changing what that hardware and software look like in your brain. You're like coding it in a new way. So of course it's gonna react differently. Mm -hmm. But I will say, give it time as well, you know, stick, stick with it. And the cool thing about visualization is you also feel the immediate benefit after, but I would say, yeah, two weeks, you'll feel it. Four weeks, you'll see it. And eight, it will be part of your mm. identity. Just like brushing your teeth. Yeah. You know? So that's the first part of the question. The second yeah. part is how do people actually do visualization? I know we, like, we talked about it like for a long time now, but it's like yeah. actually practically doing it, sitting down and doing it. Like, how do you do that? Obviously like, I'd need a bit longer to explain it, but essentially visualization is the process where you're creating images, environments and feelings in your mind before they've happened. Now, the best way to just kind of give you an example is if you close your eyes for me and you imagine that you're holding a segment of a lemon in your hand. Mm -hmm. I'll do this right now. Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, and take this lemon closer to your face 
And mm. I want you to just smell it. So you know it's got a yellow skin, you can see all the juice, and I want yeah. you to now squeeze all this lemon juice into your mouth. So take the biggest bite of it, squeeze all this juice. It's very sour, mm -hmm. your saliva is going a little bit thin, you get that By the way, I'm listening, do this as well while you're listening. Yeah, yeah, do it while you're listening. So just squeeze all that in. Yeah. Okay, now open your mind, open your eyes, sorry. What happened to your mouth and stuff? You can, you can sense that your taste buds change. Right. Like, yeah. So in just what, five seconds, your mind thinks that you're actually holding a lemon, but are you? No. So the point is that if we can create these images, environments, feelings, whether it's for your goals, whether it's for your well-being, whether it's for your body, your fitness, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. that is how you would do it. So I'll take an example of, um, okay, let's say you are pitching tomorrow or something. Close your eyes. Mm -hmm. see yourself walking on stage, see yourself speaking, see yourself, the, what the audience looks like, where you'll be, what you'll be wearing, make it so real so that you can mentally rehearse it. Another example, let's say you're very anxious on the train. Mm -hmm. Before you go on this train journey, close your eyes, see yourself walking on the train, mm. see that the train journey goes smoothly. Even if you feel a bit anxious, how do you respond to it? Yeah. So you can start rehearsing before it's even happened, which will mean that you're more prepared in the moment. Mm. I saw a study, I know it's, it's slightly different, but I saw a study basically that, that basically showed like VR headsets can can basically solve uh, like phobias. Yes. So it basically puts like spiders in front of you and if you've got arachnophobia, after a while it can kind of solve that. Um, this is a sim this is exactly the same thing, but it's just minus the technology. So, and like your, your mind by itself is far more powerful than just like a, a screen, right? Um, so yeah, really, really profound that you can actually do that. and. Uh, I, I, that, that was because it's, it's like you've been there before right it's like you've actually placed yourself in that in that place before the only sort of problem i can see with that especially with like where we are in in this current age is that our imaginations aren't as strong as they once were right so like visualizing things do they like without that vr headset can we still have that same sort of strength and benefits yeah, so you are right that when you're young, our imaginations are on fire, mm. right? We can think of everything, but that never goes. We just basically stop using it. It's like a muscle, we stop using it. Um, now, what I will say is there is something called aphantasia, which is basically the inability to visualize. So when I say to you, think of a beach ball, some people can't do it. Oh, really? 2% of the population, 2% mm. of the global population. Now, there's a spectrum, I would say. So some people can really see images very clearly, and some people can't very clearly. The irony here is the more you visualize and practice, the better you get at it. Mm. So even my imagination, it was okay, but now it is so vivid. So the cool so thing- you train that muscle. Exactly, yeah. and, and it, it can come back easily, you know? Yeah. It's, not, it's not something that just goes away. We use our imagination every day, but the thing is, we use it for the opposite reasons. So the amount of people I speak to who are like, yeah, but what if I fail? Or what if I go blank on stage? Or what if it's like the worst danger? Oh, they imagine the journey? negative part of things. Exactly. So That's how do you think we're training yeah, our minds? No, it's true. It's true. We're training it for that to be more likely and for us to see the worst that's going to happen and to be really scared and fearful all the time. So all I'm saying is you're already doing it. Everyone can do it. I promise you that. It's just do it in the right way, yeah. in a more intentional way. My, why is it why is it easier to visualize the negative side of things rather than the positive side of things? So as humans, we have a negative bias. It's just yeah. it's just how we were built. You know, it's our survival states, all of that. Um, but but the thing is, I think it comes back to that 
the comment you made is because we live in a world where we are stimulated 24 mm. seven, a notification can create fear in us. Like our heart goes faster, it's true, yeah. you know, but your brain thinks that you're getting chased by a bear. It doesn't yeah. know the difference. So we're always in survival state or on autopilot. So it's just, you know, the pace of our world, the technology of our world, the comparison and, you know, the pressures is what means that this negative bias gets enhanced. Mm. And because we're so then far away from feeling our emotions or accepting them or sitting alone with our thoughts, it just adds up. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, no one's to blame for the negative biases. But, you know, I saw this thing, actually, that an 18 year old is told no you can't do this 180,000 times from the beginning of their life. So if that is the belief you're going to instill, no, I can't do this, mm. then cool. You're never going to think you can do anything, right? Mm. So it's little things like that, the words we use, the people we're around that create more and more of these negative biases in us. And, you know, same as a South Asian, I, I was never told that I could cry. That was a weak thing to do. Don't cry. Like, Go back and do your work, mm. get A stars. That was the whole thing. So I grew up thinking, never show your emotion. Yeah. One question I want to like talk, and we haven't, we didn't talk about this before the podcast or anything. It's just something that's come to my mind is yeah. like the difference between like men and women in this instance. Yeah. Like, is it is it more challenging for men to do this or is it is it sort of equal? I think how a man and a woman may use it and receive it can be a bit different, mm. but everyone can do it. Mm. It doesn't, there's no discrimination here. Um, and even in the events I see and the people who I work with, it's very equal, which I love. I think that's great. Um, and you know, some people say, yeah, but men find it harder to connect to their emotions and stuff. That's the reason why I ask. Yeah. yeah. But I come back to you and say that women are so scared to feel angry because they're not allowed to. Mm. We as women don't know how to feel angry, whereas men get to feel it a lot more. So it's, it's kind of like- Certain emotions exactly. are more male, like common male and then some, some exactly. more female, yeah. But, but it comes sense. down to the same thing. If you repress or suppress your emotions, your body will express it in a different way, through mm. disease, through pain, through anxiety. So the sadness, the jealousy, the envy, the anger you may feel, that rage, don't keep it in because it just festers and it will come out, yeah, as IBS or wh whatever it might be. So man or woman, 10 years old, 25 years old, 70 years old, there's no right time to do it. Mm. You can start whenever. Mm. That's amazing. I've, I've absolutely loved having you on the podcast, Maya. It's been, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a great episode. And I would love to like have a, a key takeaway for people listening. So I guess like, what's the one key thing you want people to take away from this? Um, well, obviously, other than train your mind, um, I would say after this episode, maybe, yeah, sit somewhere quiet, five minutes, no phone, no music, nothing, just sit with your thoughts. Mm. It's not going to be easy, it might be uncomfortable, but it is the start of actually having some awareness to be like, what is going on in my mind that I'm not going to run away from. Five minutes, that's all I say. So key takeaway, lesson, whatever it might be, try this, just try it. That's all I ask um, because it will be fascinating that, you know, whether it goes super crazy, mm. whether there's nothing there, it's the first start to being able to make that next move basically. Mm. I, would, I would bet that some people have gone years, and I'm not even joking, years without being alone with their thoughts. Yeah. Because it's like whenever you have, say, it's, it's a scary thing. Why is it a scary thing to be alone with your mind? 
It's like you, you get a negative thought, your phone. You get a negative thought, like call someone, like yeah. play, play some music. It's like there's always something else you can be doing to, to stimulate that, that, that brain. So I would, I would honestly bet like some people have spent years without actually spending five minutes with their brain alone. Yeah, I think, um, well, have you heard of that experiment where the men and women actually, they go into a room and they're told either sit there for 15 minutes alone oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. the electric uh, yeah. shock, right? And would rather people, have that electric shock. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's just the thing of like, when you finally create a bit of silence or peace in your mind and body, everything starts to come up. Mm. But all of those things that start to come up need to be addressed. And so the more you leave it and leave it, it just blows out. Then you get breakdowns, you have, mm. you know, burnouts, you get major anxiety. So I think it's that thing of, yes, it may open a can of worms, but it has to come out somehow, mm. right? There's no point letting it sit in you. Um, but yeah, the, there's a lot of people who haven't paused or just taken those five minutes because they're scared of it. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Why would we want to open those, I know, I you know? know. But, but the positive end, uh, note to end the podcast on is, on the back of that, when you come off the back of it and like you do train your mind to be more fit, yeah. those things aren't as prevalent. Yeah. You can, and you can be that bulletproof mind, right? And yeah, that's yeah. like, that's something that I'm personally working on. I know that you're an expert in. So yeah, I massively yeah. encourage everyone to sort of take that step to actually do it. Absolutely, and now with my thoughts, I'm like, come at me. Yeah, yeah it's, you it's can't so much me. more yeah, empowering. Exactly, yeah, exactly. for sure. Maya, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing? Yeah, so LinkedIn, Instagram, I'm sure will be in the um, yeah, show yeah. notes. And come to my events. Like, you know, they're immersive. You can meet other people. Train your mind. Like, it's the best thing. Fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs>